It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the area we affectionately call Peak North, welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode, we are going to hear from Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, We'll hear from him in segment one and segment two. In segment one, we'll hear from Adam Silver on what do you do about when a player decides that he is going to demand a trade? How does that affect the team? How does that affect the fan base? What does it do to the overall business of the NBA? How do you guard against that? I will give you my opinion on that, tell you what needs to be done, what doesn't need to be done in this current situation, and why ultimately still really is good for the NBA when guys decide to go ahead and buck up and uh, get a little ballsy the way that uh, Anthony Davis did. In segment number two, big market versus small market. And I thought I thought Adam Silver had a very clever answer when he was asked about, when he was asked essentially, is it a foregone conclusion that once markets like Oklahoma City draft a guy who's a budding superstar Is it just foregone that he is going to leave? That he's going to find another place to go? That he'll wind up in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Boston or New York? Well, Adam Silver doesn't seem to think so. It puts a lot of onus on the owners. And I'll tell you why he can never be a GM or an owner of a team like Oklahoma City. Because I think my fans would eventually see through my crap. And 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 this has always been, and I will tell you that this has always been an accusation towards the Thunder. I don't necessarily agree with this accusation, but we'll throw it out there again and discuss that whole situation. And then finally, Zion Williamson has a shoe blowout against North Carolina in their game against Duke's game with North Carolina at Cameron Indoor, which was on Wednesday night. And because of that, he has a knee sprain and he has listed his day-to-day. Well, he was wearing one of Paul George's signature shoes. It was the PG-2.5, not the PG-3. But there's an easy way to solve all this. But also, more importantly, what role, if any, does Paul George really play in this situation? Plus, what action did Paul George take when he heard about Zion Williamson? If you don't know who I am, maybe this is the first time you're listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and News Radio 1000 KTOK with my uh, running partner, Randy Renner. And I've covered the Thunder for five years. I am a credentialed member of the media, been very lucky to cover the Thunder. And if you like what you hear, then I would ask you to subscribe to this podcast. And all you have to do is just go to LockedOnPodcast.com or LockedOnThunder.com, hit the subscribe button. There's also Apple iTunes that you can subscribe uh, by. And if you've got a smart speaker, you've got one of them there, Alexas, or you've got a Google smart speaker 
All you have to do is ask Google or Alexa to play the podcast and then it'll be right there. But I highly recommend listening in your car because we try and get everything in in around 30 minutes, which is generally perfect for that morning drive or perfect for that afternoon drive home. Okay, so let's start with Adam Silver, who had his NBA or State of the NBA address with the NBA, with the media during All-Star Weekend. And as you can imagine, the majority of questions were about Anthony Davis and that whole situation. Tampering was one of the big issues that came up. But I want to start here when Adam Silver gets asked about what do you do when a player decides that he is going to demand a trade. And I want to let you listen to what Adam Silver has to say and then I will give you my reaction on it. Here's the question from Dave McMiniman, McMiniman of ESPN and Adam Silver right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Uh, Dave McMiniman, ESPN. Adam, getting back to the trade demand conversation, I mean, w- with the proliferation of you know uh, player speculation creating the sport into a 12-month-a-year conversation and that seemingly only growing to, to help the business and also the flip side of players like uh, Blake Griffin or um, DeMar DeRozan uh, being traded when they seemingly were in uh, you know a very stable franchise situation is there necessarily a problem and is there a role that the league should take or is, is that you know overstepping its boundaries well, in, ter- in terms of the role the league should take, I mean, I, I don't want to do something extraordinary in that I'm reaching to some broad power to interfere with the workings of the collective bargaining agreement. I mean, I think those are issues that should be discussed at the table in terms of how the system should work. I think you, you raise a fair point in terms of it's two-sided. And of course, teams also blindside players, too, and trade them. I, I think the issue ultimately is that it's it's whether it be a team or a player, not meeting a contractual obligation. I mean, that's something I think you just don't want to see as a league, even if it's whether it's a, you know, a one-year contract or a five-year contract. That's a commitment a player makes, and it's a commitment that the organization makes that player with a guaranteed contract. I, I recognize, and I think it's perfectly appropriate, that conversations take place behind closed doors where players or their agents are saying to management, it's my intention to move on for whatever reasons. I think when they make a public spectacle, I hear you in terms of the enormous media interest that comes from it, but that's not the kind of media interest we're looking for. I will say, and it's related to your question, that maybe people have lost sight a little bit of the fact that, again, you know, blame the league or not, but two collective bargaining agreements ago in, in 2010 and 11, we set out to shorten contracts because we thought it w- to, we wanted to c- more closely tie pay to performance, and we wanted to give teams a chance to rebuild faster, meaning players wouldn't be locked into contract- to contractual situations for too long a period, and we also wanted to give players the flexibility to move on. So the result of that is the latest I've heard from our basketball operations group is that I believe 40% of our players are going to be free agents this summer. So it's two sides of the coin. Some people could say, oh, my God, look at all that player movement. On the other hand, that player movement can be very positive for a lot of teams. So, you know, while we certainly are becoming a 52-week-a-year sport, and I think that's largely a result of tremendous interest in these players and not just what happens on the floor but how they choose to live their lives, I think we can do a better job as a league, though, in 
avoiding those situations where they get to the point where players are either, you know, demanding they be traded or, you know, worst case scenario saying, I'm not going to honor my contract. As Adam Silver said, or didn't say, or sort of alluded to if he didn't come right out and say it, this is good business for the NBA. When a guy like Anthony Davis demands a trade from New Orleans, it is fantastic for the association because it puts them front and center in the headlines. And the old saying is, any publicity is good publicity. Especially when you're fighting for the NFL to be the lead on every single ESPN channel that there is. And now when you've got debate TV and it just seems that the NFL is that low-hanging fruit that you know you can get viewers with, anytime you can supersede it and remind people that your league is just as drama-filled as the National Football League, then you're doing something right. So I don't have a problem with it. I, I don't, first of all, from a philosophical standpoint, when a guy like Anthony Davis tells New Orleans, hey, I want to leave, whether it's behind closed doors or whether it's his agent coming out and saying it, if you're the New Orleans Pelicans, especially when Anthony Davis does it with this many months, with what was it, 18 months left on his contract, you have time to now go fish for offers. Whether it's before the trade deadline or whether it's in the offseason, you can start putting out the feelers, seeing what people are willing to toss you for Anthony Davis. And if there's an organization that really wants him, like the Oklahoma City Thunder, that are really willing to roll the dice, you can get a pretty good package. So the team knows, the player knows, and now you can just ultimately do what's best for you and leave the risk up to the team that's taking Anthony Davis to roll the dice on whether or not he's going to stay there just for a year. Not only like the Thunder did with Paul George, but like the Raptors are doing now with Kawhi Leonard. What I didn't like about the Anthony Davis situation, and as good as tampering is for, for a talk perspective, it's bad for the NBA because essentially what the Lakers, Anthony Davis, his agent tried to do, LeBron James, and, and Magic Johnson. Come on, we, we cannot give Magic a break in this. They essentially tried to force the Pelicans' hands to trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers. That's where I've got my issue. Now, if that's ultimately where Anthony Davis wants to end up, I don't have a problem with that. But I think you need to be transparent and you need to keep things above board. And I don't feel like that's what Anthony Davis did. I don't feel like that's what the Lakers did. It was, let's go tie the Pelicans' hands together. Let's put a gun to their head and make sure that they send you to us, and then we will send them garbage in return. Well, that's not the way it worked. And whether Adam Silver would come out and say it or not, there are a lot of owners that were very happy to see the Lakers lose out on this deal. And I would think the majority of owners right now are rooting for the Boston Celtics to make that deal with the New Orleans Pelicans not the Lakers when it comes to this offseason, or find someone else. And you know the Lakers. I mean, essentially the Lakers are are petrified because Kawhi Leonard probably doesn't want to play with LeBron James. I can't see Kevin Durant going to play with LeBron James. They've already, we, we say it all and all again, but it sounds so sweet when we say it. They screwed up the Paul George deal. Well, now they've screwed up the Anthony Davis deal. That blew up in their face as well. And Magic and Rob Palenka and everybody else in that organization 
ought to be fearing for their jobs at this moment. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, big market versus small market. And how would you roll? Well, I'll tell you how I would roll if I was a small market owner or GM. Coming up next right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And all you have to do to get the Locked On Podcast Network is log on to LockedOnPodcast.com or you can just go to Apple iTunes and subscribe to any one of our podcasts like Locked On Thunder or Locked On Sooners. You can ask your smart speaker to play any of our podcasts like Locked On Thunder, Locked On Sooners. So, hey, Google, play Locked On Sooners. Alexa, Play Locked on Thunder. And always use the word podcast with it. That Always use the word podcast because it makes it a lot easier. And uh, what else? I mean, look, we cover the NBA, the NFL, college. We do it all here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. We're talking about Adam Silver and some of the situations that he was asked about in his State of the NBA address during the All-Star Weekend. And I promise on tomorrow's show, we're going to hear from Markeith Morris. We'll hear a little more from Paul George. And we'll talk more about what the Thunder need to do here in these next three games as we get you uh, jacked up for the Jazz and the Kings and then the Nuggets after that. But here's something that that Adam Silver, he, he should have just said it this way. And I appreciate Adam Silver being diplomatic just as much as I appreciate Sam Presti being intellectual. But what you need to come out and just tell the fans is there's no rule that we can make that is going to prevent a player from leaving your team, whether he's superstar caliber or not, and there's no rule we can make that'll guarantee that every team will have an opportunity to win a championship every year. You you can't do it. You can give the Supermax... Maybe players don't want that. Players ultimately still want their mobility. So whether it's the shoe company paying them more money than what they're earning on the court or whether it's just they don't like the organization, you can throw the Supermax at them. You can shorten the contracts. You can throw all sorts of incentive. It's never going to guarantee a guy like Kevin Durant will stay in Oklahoma City. It's also not a foregone conclusion that when you draft a guy who's of superstar status, that he's just going to leave when he gets the opportunity to do that. Russell Westbrook, perfect example. He took the Supermax. There are some guys that that works out perfect for because either they want the money because it's a hell of a lot of money or they want to show loyalty or whatever. 
it's uh, what it all comes down to is it really is about the organization, the culture they create, and what are they committed to doing. And the one thing that you can't do, and Adam Silver sort of says this, and I'll let you listen to him here in a second, but I wanted to get the opinion out real quick. What Adam Silver says is that you can't tell a business owner that he can't make a profit, that he needs to just go all in every year, try and win a championship, even if it's to the detriment of his business, just to make the fans happy. No, you're in this to make money. As much as you want to win, you're in this to make money. And if I was in Clay Bennett's shoes or Sam Presti's shoes, winning a championship wouldn't be that important to me. What would be important to me is to be constantly relevant every single year, make sure that you're always above 500, make sure that you're always in the thick of the playoff race, and sit yourself up so if things break just right, you might have an opportunity to win a championship, but I am not going to spend... Most years, I'm not going to go into the luxury tax, and I'm certainly not going to go into the repeater tax, which for fans makes me a bad owner. But as a businessman, it keeps me sane and and keeps me in the black versus keeps me in the red. The Thunder have always been accused of being cheap. They've always been accused of being a team that doesn't care about a championship. Well, Sam Presley flat out said last year, hey, look, we'd spend whatever it takes with this group that we had, including Carmelo Anthony, if we thought... We could win a championship with it. And he didn't go so far as to say build a dynasty, but he did say win a championship. And San Antonio's done a remarkable job of building a dynasty down there and staying more than relevant. They're just consistently good every year because they have great scouts. They know what to do. And and guys are willing to sacrifice to be in that organization, which is what the Thunder are trying to do here. More than anything else, the Thunder just want guys that want to be here and they want to create a Thunder-type culture. And in my opinion, they've done a really good job of that. Well, Adam Silver was essentially asked about big market versus small market. Here's what he had to say. Ken Berger, Bleacher Report. Um, just a follow-up to Rick's question as well as Dave's. Um, when, when players make trade demands with an increasingly long horizon to when they'll actually be a free agent, in Anthony Davis's case, almost 18 months away, Aside from your objection to that on a contractual basis, is it potentially destructive to the competitive balance of your league? And if you feel it is, um, how, how could those small market teams be insulated against the impact of it? You, you know, Ken, once again, I'm not so sure it's a small market, big market problem. I mean, I, you know, I, again, it, I'm not even sure where the line is anymore on big markets. You know, as I've said earlier, I mean, if you look, you know, at the success of the so-called big markets in the last five years, they've been an all-time low in terms of their success on the floor. I think last season was the first season on record where, you know, the Lakers, Knicks, and the Bulls um, didn't make the playoffs. Now, we didn't have a single big, you know, the traditional big market teams even playing in the playoffs. Or if you look back at the records uh, of, you know, the Lakers, you know, the Knicks, the Bulls, you know, over the last five years, um, they've been in the bottom, you know, half of the league, certainly competition on the floor. So I, and then, then you tell me where you draw the line on big market, small market. And as the question suggested earlier, I think, you can have enormous success in a small market, success that we never saw historically in this league. You know, whether a trade, so putting aside big market, small market, whether 
a, an early trade demand has an impact on competitive balance, I'm not sure. I think we've got to continue to look at this issue. I mean, one way to look at it is 18 months. To me, it's not exactly how I see it because I think everyone recognized in the case of the Pelicans that the pivotal time was this summer based on our new system. And either he was going to make a commitment to the organization or they were going to likely trade him. I think the difference is you don't want to see that play out publicly. And here there was a trade demand, and it is. And it creates, understandably, a very awkward position between the team and the player and, where, and what the role is of the league in, in, in terms of injecting itself in the middle of what a, a team's decision on playing that player. And these become very context-specific issues for the league office and not subject to you know, computer programs that, that spit out answers. But, but again, back to the earlier, you know, my earlier responses, I don't want to be overly defensive here because I'm, I don't want to defend the system as smoothly operating. I, I, I believe it's an area where we can do better. It's something we have to sit down with the Players Association. But I ultimately have confidence that, again, these are not endemic problems to the league. These, are, to me, are very fixable issues that if you have a players association that, that is sitting down with us and saying, how can we create the best competition, the great best system among 30 teams, we can come up with a better way of proceeding. Everybody likes to kick around the Knicks, but there are rumors that the Knicks could get sold. And if the Knicks get sold and they're out of business with James Dolan, there's a chance that they could get an owner that cares and could be really good. What makes the Knicks so attractive if you're Kevin Durant or if you're Kyrie Irving, is that if you're the bunch to to bring them to a championship, their first championship since the early 70s, then you're immortalized like you will not be immortalized really in, in, in any other organization. And I think for guys like that, that's very attractive. And ultimately, that's why I think Kevin Durant ends up choosing the Knicks. Um, strange, but the more I think about it, the more it just seems to fit the narrative that Kevin Durant wants to write. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll wrap things up talking about PG and what exactly is his responsibility when it comes to his name being on shoes. That's next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let me know when you listen to Locked on Thunder. I would love to uh, love to know when you're listening, whether it's late at night, whether it's in the car, whether it's the smart speaker. Just let me know. Just uh, tweet me at Locked on Thunder or at G-E-E-H-S-O. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple iTunes. You can subscribe at the Locked on Podcast website and listen in your car And you can also hear it via the smart speaker, uh, either Alexa or Google. So many different ways to get this podcast. And we do have another edition 
of Locked On Sooners available as well. Um, wrapping things up, first, let me just say this. If you've not seen the Zion Williamson situation or the, the film from last night, the Duke-North Carolina game one, I don't know how you missed it because it, that was the headline today. That was the main talk on ESPN. And as it turns out, Zion Williamson was wearing a PG two and a half, which is not the latest edition of Paul's George's shoe. It's the next. The, it, there's the two, there's the two and a half, and, and now the three's coming out. And I'm not a shoe guy, so this is when we need Travis Singleton uh, here to talk about all this. And one thing that, that I would say, one, I don't think it's Paul George's responsibility that one of his shoes blew out. I understand his name's on it. But you're Paul George, you're playing basketball, you've got people that take care of it, and chances are Paul George wasn't on the assembly line or sitting behind the person that put together those particular brand of shoes to overlook at them to make sure that everything was right. And unfortunately, sometimes accidents happen. And it, it the criticism that PG took, not fair. Unless PG is the one specifically putting those shoes together or putting his seal of approval on them, I I can't say that he's responsible. Or Russell Westbrook. I mean, look, you get blown out. Your knee gets blown out wearing someone's shoe. That's fine. This unfortunately is a one-time accident, and from what we we can tell, is that it hasn't been anything rampant. And man, Nike's uh, stock hit today uh, because of all this. Uh, just the fallout of it was just absolutely amazing. Uh, the easiest way to fix this, and I'm going to talk about this in more detail on Locked On Sooners, is. You just let kids wear the shoes that they want to wear regardless of brand, even if your particular school has signed a contract with a particular shoe company. I understand why that may not happen, but it's something that definitely needs to be on the table. And Paul George, I think, was very class act that he called Mike Krzyzewski, that he wanted to know that he called Nike today, that he is doing everything he can to make sure that this situation gets fixed. And his main concern, of course, is for young Zion Williamson. Paul, what were your thoughts when you saw what happened with uh, Zion Williamson? Um, I mean, first is I want to wish him um, all the best. I don't know the severity of the injury right now, um, but just wish him all the best through the recovery if it is something severe or severe. Um, and, and honestly, I'm just there for him um, through that time of being hurt and being injured. On a big stage, big game, um, him not being able to play that. Um, but outside of that, you know, I don't necessarily know what happened, how it happened. Uh, I'm talking tonight to see what went wrong, what happened with the shoe. Um, you know, I take pride in that. You know, my shoe has been a successful shoe, not only in college, but in the NBA. Um, a lot of people been in them, a lot of people been wearing them. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily know. Um, it's never happened to my knowledge before, um, so it's that's tough. What's it, what was last night like, just in terms of? Obviously, you got to feel bad about that situation, and we're all over social media about it. What was it like, just sort of the aftermath? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I, I mean, I didn't I didn't because again, it hasn't happened to me as long as I've been in the shoe. We've made three generations, going on four now, um, of my shoe being successful um, so I mean I didn't necessarily feel, feel you know any way about that part the negative part of it um, my only concern was for Zion um, honestly 
people was making a big deal about the shoe when everything should have been about Zion and his injury. Um, that was the only thing I was concerned about is how well um, or how bad it was and hopeful that it wasn't too bad and if something he can come back from. And I do think Paul George is sincere. He doesn't sound like a guy who's just saying, you know, hey, uh, you know, shoe like this. I mean, he didn't, he didn't back away from it. He he didn't he didn't put it at arm's distance. He's taking it head on, and that shows me that he's a guy who's care and he's a guy that's genuine. And if you're rooting for Paul George, then you can feel really good about it because he's definitely one of the good guys in the NBA. And I don't know, I I feel funny saying that because I think there's a lot of really good guys in the NBA. I think the sport is full of more good guys than it is bad guys. And I'll admit, man, I haven't met too many bad guys in my years covering the NBA. They all seem to be pretty solid individuals. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll be back tomorrow talking about the Thunder's next three games. We'll hear from Markeith Morris, we'll hear from Paul George, and we'll get you ready. Uh, tip off 8.30 tomorrow night for the Thunder and the Jazz. Looking very forward to that. And I want to go ahead, early hello to the Jazz fans that will be listening tomorrow. And thank you for listening as well. And, of course, if you're a Thunder fan, thank you too. May God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. And peace, love, and Thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.